Some people think little girls should be seen and not heard. One, two, three, four! People do feel very radically different about gender experience. I mean, that's just like the rules of feminism. That diversity is like the number one thing I think that has to be reckoned with. Agenda with women in the arts. And I'm Katie Winton. Uh, Agenda on FBI Radio is broadcast on Gadigal land and I'd like to acknowledge uh, the Gadigal people as the original custodians of the land that we broadcast on and pay my respects to Elders past and present. Um, I also acknowledge the significance of Redfern as a place of strength, resistance, knowledge sharing and storytelling for many communities and would like to honour that history. I caught up with Kathy Craigie and Mia Wright to chat about Burramada Nadoc happening at Parramatta Park tomorrow, featuring performances, keynote speakers, local community talks and activities, Aboriginal astronomy and stargazing, as well as interactive workshops featuring jewellery making, sand and tree art, uh, Darug language, tool making and storytelling. FBI Radio has been doing a lot of Nadoc programming over the last few weeks, so we asked a few people for thoughts that count today what Nadoc actually means to them, whether it's a celebratory or emotional exhausting time. There's so much on and it's great that there's so much on but it also shouldn't be confined to just two weeks worth of events. Yeah lots of lots of events squeezed into the last two weeks uh, and we're also squeezing a lot into our hour show today because we'll be hearing from Agenda family member Oni Blue who spoke with Gala Vanting about the implications of the recent Foster-Sester bill that became law in the United States in April this year. So the House bill known as Foster stands for Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act and the Senate bill Sester stands for the Stop Enabling Sex Traffickers Act. Uh, it's had a really big impact on Australian sex workers so not only does the bill conflate sex trafficking with consensual sex work um, which is ridiculous, uh, but it also means that online spaces where Australian sex workers can advertise are hugely affected um, if they're sites that are hosted in the US. So, yeah, it means that a lot of online spaces where sex workers offer advice, support and communication um, with one another have been like completely shut down. So really looking forward to that chat. Uh, we'll be hearing a lot more about that from the interview that Oni Blue did with Gala Vanting up next. So definitely stick around for that. Uh, let's take a track from Cardi B, who is so open about her history as a sex worker and is a big advocate for supporting sex workers. Cardi B is always so vocal about how she used to be a stripper before she became uh, a rapper and she's been exotic dancing from the age of 18. She quit at 23 because of her music career, um, but I really love how strongly she advocates for sex workers. Definitely. And Cardi B just had a baby a few days ago with her partner Offset. The baby is called Culture Kiari Cephas and was born on the 7th of July. And the news was announced, of course, on Cardi's Insta with some amazing glamour shots of Cardi when she was pregnant. She's sitting in this chair naked, surrounded by pink flowers. It's pretty special. <laughs> My immediate thought was how similar the shots were to Beyonce's pregnancy. Uh, controversial. But she's also, yeah, like she's also surrounded by this floral wreath. But then like, Pretty much immediately after I had that thought, I also realised that there's a lot of space in the world for Cardi B and Beyonce to both exist uh, and to be incredible in different ways. Um, so this one is Buddy Cardi uh, featuring 21 Savage by Cardi B. You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. Your bitch want party with Cardi. 
Cardi a body in a Rari Diamonds all over my body Shining all over my body Cardi got my your body. bitch on Molly Bitch you ain't gang, you lame Belly truck laying in the lane Blow out the brain I go insane, insane I drop a check on the chain Fuck up a check in the flame Cardi took your man, you upset uh. Cardi got rich, they upset yeah. Cardi put the pussy on offset Cardi a Cardi be brain on offset Cardi took your man, you upset uh. Cardi got rich, they upset yeah. Cardi put the pussy on offset Cardi a Cardi be brain on offset Who got this motherfucker start? Card. Who took your bitch at the party? Card. I took your bitch in the party. Card. Who that be flags and marching? Card. Who that don't freak in the cut? Card. Who got them freaks in the truck? Card. Then diamonds go hit like a bitch on a bitchy ass bitch. Bitch, you a wanna be caught. Red bottom MJ, moonwalk on a bitch. Moonwalking through your clique. I'm moonwalking in the six. 50 with the kit. Moonwalks in this bitch. I'm from the motherfucking Bronx. Bronx. I keep the pump in the trunk. trunk. Bitch, if you bad, then jump. jump. Might leave your bitch in the slump. Your bitch wanna party with Cardi. Cardi a body in a Rari Diamonds all over my body Shining all over my body Cardi got my your body. bitch on Molly Bitch you ain't gang, you lame Belly truck laying the lane Blow out the brain I go insane, insane I drop a check on the chain Fuck up a check in the flame Cardi took your man, you upset uh. Cardi got rich, they upset yeah. Cardi put the pussy on offset Cardi a Cardi be brain on offset Cardi took your man, you upset uh. Cardi got rich, they upset yeah. Cardi put the pussy on offset Cardi a Cardi be brain on offset Your bitch wanna party with a savage Sang around savage in the Aston Yeah, high end Cars and fashion, 21. I don't eat pussy, I'm fast. Oh God, I'm a blood, my brother crippin', bitch, I'm drippin'. Ho, you trippin'? Told the waitress I ain't tippin'. I like hot sauce on my chick. Oh God, I pull the rubber off and I put hot sauce on her titties. 21. I'm in a Bentley truck, she keep on suckin' like it's tinted. 21. All these VVS's, nigga, my spine worth me. Oh God, the bitch so bad I pop the Miley for I hit. 21. Your bitch wanna party with Cardi? Cardi a body in a Rari Diamonds all over my body Shining all over my body Cardi got my your body. bitch on Molly Bitch you ain't gang, you lame Belly truck laying the lane Blow out the brain I go insane, insane I drop a check on the chain Fuck up a check in the flame Cardi took your man, you upset uh. Cardi got rich, they upset yeah. Cardi put the pussy on offset Cardi a Cardi be brain on offset Cardi took your man, you upset uh. Cardi got rich, they upset yeah. Cardi put the pussy on offset Cardi a Cardi be brain on offset Step in this bitch at your bitch Fuck up a check in Javinci Us in the coop and them inches I fuck up a bag at the Fendi I fuck up a bag in a minute Who you know drip like this? Who you know build like this? I'm poppin' shit like a dude Pull up and pop at your crew Poppin' at you Ooh. They say you basic I flirt up the rollie with diamonds I flirt up the paddock and brace it I got your bitch and she naked Ice on the cake when I bake it I'm switching lanes in the range Sup at the dick for the brain Sup at your bitch for your main Sup at the trap for the fame I saw them Cardi B, Cardi a frame Your bitch want party with Cardi Cardi a body in a Rari Diamonds all over my Body. Shining all over my body Cardi got my your body. bitch on Molly Bitch you ain't gang, you lame Belly truck laying the lane Blow out the brain I go insane, insane I drop a check on the chain Fuck up a check in the flame Cardi took your man, you upset uh. Cardi got rich, they upset yeah. Cardi put the pussy on offset Cardi and Cardi be brain on offset Cardi took your man, you upset uh. Cardi got rich, they upset yeah. Cardi put the pussy on offset Cardi and Cardi be brain on offset You're tuned in to Agenda on FBI Radio. And this week, Agenda content contributor Oni Blue caught up with Gala Vanting this week to have a chat about um, the recent foster sester laws that have had a big impact on Australian sex workers. Gala is a sex worker, writer, filmmaker, activist and educator living on stolen Gadigal land. Her work is informed by intersectional feminist and queer politics and is aimed at creating intelligent, nuanced and justice-focused dialogue around sexual cultures. Let's hear from Gala Venting and Oni Blue now. I'm here today with Gala, who I met many moons ago working as a porn producer down in Melbourne. 
So Gala, I just wanted to find out, you know, who you are and how the Gala persona came to be, like who she who she is. <laughs> so I started out as a porn performer. Um, I then moved into production and was sort of performing through that time. Um, and I, I did that for someone else. I worked for someone else for a while and then I started working for myself and producing my own content. Um, and then I sort of moved into, and I saw, you know, I saw porn and porn production as, as sex work. Um, and I then moved into in-person, face-to-face sex work, um, which uh, for me proved to be much more straightforward, um, much better paid, and um, and a lot more efficient. Mm. Uh, so I just did a cost-benefit analysis there and <laughs> went for that. Um, and now I, so I'm, I, I'm still a sex worker. Uh, what I do now is uh, primarily, well, pretty much exclusively BDSM work. Mm-hmm. Um, so bondage and kink and fetish and that kind of stuff. Um, and I've been doing that independently for maybe three or four years now. I also did an apprenticeship um, back in Melbourne. Sex work is a big part of my career, um, but I also have done a lot of other work kind of surrounding it so things like writing and education and advocacy and media making and that sort of thing so uh, you know I'm I'm face out as a sex worker which Mm. means I'm visible and identifiable and I put my face behind you know what I do around sex work Um, and so I can never escape that. Have you found that activism around sex work an important thing for you to be a part of? Yeah look I think my entry into the sex in in my entry into the sex industry was always Uh, at least partly a political act or an activist, a a bit of activist work. Um, And I, you know, for me, that's an important piece of how I do what I do. For lots of people, it isn't. And politics never enters it. And that's also really fine. Um, But yeah, I think that's that's sort of the site of my activism. Uh, And I'm interested in other things like gender equality and gender and power and anti-capitalism and all of those things. But, uh, you know, I find that within sex work activism, you actually do get the opportunity to address a lot if not all of those things. Mm. Mm. I guess a lot of people who don't know a lot about sex work would be like, why is sex worker activism so important? Like why, I mean, when you're just trying to do your job and just trying to earn money to live, why are so many sex workers having to be activists and having to be political and having to be out there? Mm. Look, I think the act of doing sex work is inherently political because it's a stigmatized job uh, and there are you know there are a few of those out in the world um, but whether or not you choose to engage with that is absolutely your choice and uh, and a really valid choice um, but I think you know the the stigma surrounding sex work the way that it is regulated uh, and governed you know is it kind of by state and local authorities um, and and the way that it's conceived as a form of labor or a form of oppression which is you know this kind of, that's the that's the strong debate around sex work um, makes the act of doing it and talking about it uh, deeply political Mm. yeah can you talk about the politics of the regulation of sex work sure so uh there's a lot of different frameworks uh legal frameworks with which sex work is regulated but in most parts of the world it is a criminal act not you know either sometimes or always um here in new south wales we're one of only two places in the world where sex work is decriminalized um and that's the recommended model by um the the I think it's by the WHO um, and also by Amnesty International and pretty much anybody who's done any public health work around um, sex work. Uh, and so criminalization can take lots of forms. It can be, you know, that that some that sex work is completely illegal in all forms, in all places. Um, there are places like the United States where it's legal in Nevada or in certain parts of Nevada. So it's legal in one state and illegal everywhere else. Um, but there's also one kind of 
sex work that's illegal in the United States and that's stripping. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, different ways of handling it. And then there are places, you know, there are places that criminalize sex workers themselves. There are places that criminalize the clients of sex workers. Um, and so there's, there's a few different approaches to doing it. Um, but all of that pushes sex workers uh, underground. Um, it means that it's difficult to work legally and puts them at risk. There's been a situation in the US where the US has changed some of this legislation and that has affected sex workers not only in Canada but also in Australia. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. So I, I guess a really great example of bad sex work law is a law that hits uh, a very, it's kind of, you know, the description that, that I hear often is that you're doing brain surgery with a hammer instead of a scalpel. Um, so it's not very precise. Uh, it's a it's a catchment, you know, it sort of catches all forms of sex work. Um, and this is, this is a really common thing that happens with sex work law is that it actually, uh, instead of targeting the thing that it, it says it wants to target, it actually just wipes out a whole bunch of people's labor. Um, so the, the law that, that you're referring to is called FOSTA and it's the Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act. Um, and this was legislation that was passed in the US to combat, you know, the, the, it's, it's auspiced as uh, it's combating sex trafficking. Uh, and sex trafficking and sex work are two different things, uh, but what this does is combine them um, and it wipes them out completely. Uh, so it is illegal to promote prostitution uh, as an online platform. Um, and so what FOSTA does is it holds web platforms uh, who, who, who are or can be used for sex work advertisement um, to regulate the content of their users. Um, and they, they're liable for doing that, whereas previously they weren't liable under Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. They were able to kind of ha have a safe harbour from being responsible for what their users post. And I guess the problem with, with legislation about the internet is that um, the policing is going to be done by bots, and bots are not context savvy. Uh, and so the, the automated process of deciding whether something is sex work or sex trafficking, uh, if that's relevant, or whether it's a lingerie ad or sex trafficking, mm -hmm. uh, th that's, that's being done by robots. And, yeah. you know, that's a bummer. Yeah, I got a couple bad bitches waiting on me in the parking lot. A lot of thotty bitches on my line, they like to swap the line. Cloudy with a chance of a little romance. Swear I really love them all, never hesitate to call you. Hit me when your nigga acting dummy, I'ma fall through. I'ma get your nails done and later I'ma do you. Miley on the table when she licking, make her face screw. Got a little temper, I ain't tripping cause she's super cute. Treat her like a lady cause her nigga don't. Eat this and she give me diabetes cause her nigga won't. Never acting bougie, we be cool and they ain't got to know. Flexing with Discretion, my reflection, she look better though. I forgot the mission in my little baby flexible. I we blow his gas, keep it on me like the Texaco. Pull up in the bucket, she ain't tripping, she just wanna ride, rubbin' on my thighs in the dry dude. Extra fry, all the extra fries, I'ma let her get whatever. Cause when the food we together, spin each other, make her cheese, I'ma please her. Skin it with that booty, doing everything you post to. He not on my lover, he ain't even coming close to. All he do is broke nigga shit, lighting lit quick. He don't wanna smoke my little cousins with the murder shit. I ain't tryna Put you under pressure. I'm just saying, you be playing, you be laying with a flop. I'm a bop, and I'm here to the top. I could use a little company. I heard it's kinda lonely, but I'm saying it ain't gotta be. All these niggas on me, I'm just tryna make they bitches go. All these niggas want me, I'm just fucking on they bitches go. Call me when she lonely, I'ma treat her like a keeper, yo. All these niggas on me, I'm just tryna make they bitches go. All these niggas on me, I'm just tryna make they bitches go. All these niggas want me, I'm just fucking on they bitches go. Call me when she lonely, I'ma treat her like a keeper, yo. All these niggas on me, I'm just. Trying to make they bitches though.
So Foster's brought a lot of attention to the issue of sex trafficking. Um, and I think a lot of people are maybe confused between the differences between sex trafficking and sex work, consensual sex work. So maybe do you want to talk a little bit about that? So sex trafficking and sex work are two completely different things. They're both things that exist and they're both things that we uh, that we need to care about. Um, so sex work is the consensual exchange of sexual services for compensation. Um, and sex trafficking is the provision of a sexual service under coercion or uh, force or, you know, when someone is is, is fearful. Um, often there is, um, you know, there's, there's someone actually at that point, there's a trafficker, there's someone who is um, organizing that transaction. Uh, and the, the, the two of them, you know, they, they both occur within the sex industry, um, but, uh, but they are absolutely separate things. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's definitely necessary to talk about sex trafficking, and I think it's fantastic that it's been brought to, to the fore, um, but it needs to not throw out sex work or not throw sex workers under the bus in trying to, to solve it. Sex trafficking questions are always really difficult because uh, I think it's presumed that if you're pro-sex work um, that you are that you don't care about trafficking victims um, and there are definitely you know there are trafficking it's not a, it's not a monolith so there are sex trafficking victims who are also sex workers there are sex trafficking victims who later choose sex work um, or have previously chosen sex work so I guess you know it, it's it is true that there are two separate things but it's also possible to pass between them and none of these things are without complexity and always require a nuanced and, and curious point of View. I think a lot of people are talking about how this doesn't effectively even deal with sex trafficking and that taking away a site like Craigslist or Backpage just sends a lot of stuff underground. Yeah, that's. I, I think that's true for both uh, for, for cases of trafficking and also for the authorities who um, who deal with cases of trafficking, legitimate ones. Um, you know, there's lots of police departments who use Backpage as uh, a place to generate leads um, when, when they're doing anti-trafficking work. Uh, and you know, there's there's a I guess there's a separate conversation about policing there. Um, but you know, for all intents and purposes, it is a positive thing for for uh, a trafficking story to have a, a at least a digital trail. Um, and what this could potentially do is send those, um, you know, send traffickers onto the dark web or just off the internet entirely where, again, it's, it becomes harder to trace. And I think also because um, a lot of these sites were used as a way for all kinds of workers to keep themselves safe, then you also have so many people now working on the streets or not having the ability to screen anybody. So it's like a lot more people are now at risk. Yeah, and, and sex workers use digital technology uh, for some pretty amazing things in quite creative ways. Um, and the internet has, you know, there's, there there is definitely some quantitative work done on how the internet has made sex work safer for a lot of people, um, especially people who were previously on the street or disenfranchised or, you know, uh, finding it harder to get clients because they aren't the, the stereotypical body type that is, you know, th that we see as being a sex worker. Mm. Um, and so removing removing that option and it was a low cost option uh, and it was also a casual option so for a lot of people you know investing sixty dollars a hundred dollars a month in advertising that's not accessible to them and backpage was two bucks an ad you know uh, and and or free you could you could definitely advertise for free um and so you can see how it sort of continues to narrow who is allowed to be a sex worker um, and how they're allowed to protect themselves. And I think that goes back to what you're saying about the hammer. Like, if you just literally are smashing everything, then there's going to be a lot of collateral damage in that. Exactly. And and we've definitely seen plenty of that collateral.
collateral damage. And after Foster passed, um, there was a long list of, of sex workers who went missing, who committed suicide, who were killed. It's not a, you know, it is actually a life or death question. Um, and I think, you know, the, the, the assumption that one trafficking victim's life is more valuable than the life of a global uh, workforce of sex workers I'm not on board with that. I don't believe that Foster wipes out the potential for the tech sector to provide safety resources and support for sex workers, but I do think that uh, those collaborations need to be much more informed by sex workers themselves, by their real experiences, because when you when you have a website like Backpage that is completely profit-driven, um, you create an environment in which it is possible to traffic someone. Um, when you remove that commercial imperative um, and you are actually listening to sex workers about what the signs are that their work is being exploited, um, you have a lot more ammo to combat something like that and you have the inspiration to do it because just because you're going to lose a buck from it doesn't mean that you're not going to do it. And so when sex worker owned or sex worker collaborated tech projects rise, uh, that that also, you know, that comes with it. Um, and so that's kind of where I'm putting a lot of my effort at the moment. So how has this specifically affected the Australian sex worker community? So in Australia, we uh, we do have quite a bit of legal sex work. So in Queensland, uh, Victoria and New South Wales, um, legal work is possible. Uh, in South Australia and the territories, it's not. Uh, sorry, uh, the Northern Territory, it's not. But ACT also has legal sex work. Um, so you would think that we would be immune um, or not reachable by these by US legislation. Um, but because it's legislation about the internet, it's absolutely borderless. There's, there's no, uh, yeah, there are no barriers um, to its effect on us. And because Backpage.com, which is the the main site that you know that was sort of that that has been historically targeted um, by U.S. authorities for sex trafficking. Um, that was the the primary source of income for most sex workers. If you know, uh, and and I think it was the primary source of income from any sex worker who was in any way disenfranchised or you know having identities that uh, that perhaps make sex work a survival mode for them rather than something that that they would necessarily choose. How has this affected your work and also your life? Uh, Foster really fucked shit up. Is that is that a thing that can happen on this radio station? Yep. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So Foster really fucked shit up for myself and a lot of other Australian workers. Um, for me particularly, uh, I think I'm sitting at around eighty percent loss of of work, um, and that's a that's a pretty big drop um, and I guess you know that that's financially really stressful for me and it's meant that I've had to be quite resourceful and also to, to sort of try to create another career for myself uh, overnight essentially mm. um, and but it also you know f for me personally sex work is is a space in which I'm embodied um, I'm in control I'm doing something that I really enjoy uh, I'm smashing the patriarchy uh, when it doesn't even when it's sitting right in front of me um, and and there's a, a, a lot of uh, value for me in, in and, and a lot uh, about how I see myself and how I value myself in terms of being able to bring in clients and make money and you know care for the people around me and, and care for myself and uh, so that's a that's a pretty massive loss and, and in order for me to deal with that I've decided to just launch straight into as much activism around it as I possibly can do in part because I have a shitload of time now and uh, because I'm not sessioning. The fact that I can actually be here at all is because I, had, I don't have work. <laughs> yeah. 
I wholeheartedly believe that sex work is a, is a feminist issue um, and I am constantly told by other feminists uh, that it's not or that uh, it's a feminist issue insofar as it needs to be abolished um, or you know that we need to end demand um, and look for me the, the 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 really basic tenet of feminism which is uh, the the presumption that women are people who have autonomy over their bodies and minds uh, and can choose to do what they want to do. That's a primary principle of sex work activism as well. You know, our presumption that uh, that a woman can, or, or anybody who chooses to do sex work, um, can make that choice without uh, someone else's judgment that they're just suffering under the patriarchy. So for people out there that... Um want to support sex workers and support sex worker activism, how can they help? How can they get involved? I think sex work is one of those really hard ones for people to to really stand up for. And uh, if you don't have lived experience of sex work, that can be really tricky. Um, but look, the first place I, th- I would start is in yourself, is looking for wh- where, where does the whorephobia, where does the stigma creep in? Um, where do I make assumptions about people based on their sex working status? Um, where do I consume media messages and, you know, see a, a newspaper article with the woman in heels leaning into the car in the rain? Uh, you know, that the image of sex work is much much broader than that and we are everywhere you do not know but we are sitting next to you on the bus and we're in your office and you know that it's it, it's the presumption that you do not know a sex worker uh, is, is probably quite false um, the problem is that we can't be out with you because your sti- your stigma is so strong <laughs> that it's not worth it for us so that's the first place I would go um, but I would also you know have a look at what your local sex worker organization is doing what kind of work they're doing uh, support that with your body support it with dollars if you have them um, give you know energy and time to those things, um, and also just like buy a hoe a beer. Like you know, if you do have friends who are sex workers, uh, you know, let them know that that you know that this is a really tricky time for them and that it's not going anywhere quickly. Uh, the, the support that we need right now is is long term, uh, and just because Foster is no longer in the news cycle doesn't mean that we're no longer feeling its effects. Uh, we absolutely are, and it's taking a very long time and a lot of effort to climb out of the hole that, that the loss of Backpage created. Um, so, you know, yeah, be nice to sex workers, listen to sex workers. When a sex worker tells you their experience, uh, you don't get to argue with it. What do you hope for the future of sex work? What's your like sex work utopic dream? (laughs) (laughs) Um, My sex work utopia is one in which like I'm constantly fed money to do nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it all of ours? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And that's a sort of fetish that I actually just don't cater to yet. So I'll have to develop that skill. Um, But look, I mean... For me, the future is degrim. Uh, so, it, it, in order for sex workers to make any advances around their socioeconomic status, um, the stigma that surrounds our work that we face on a really daily basis in such intimate ways, um, you know, the financial discrimination that we have, uh, all of those things, um, they won't be washed away by decriminalization, but that is the most important first step to making that happen. Um, and, you know, I guess because I because I know how far away from that we are, what I'm looking towards instead is um, how can we, you know, particularly how can we collaborate with the people who actually do see uh, where we're coming from and t- see that 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 stigma is deeply problematic and that it's harming and killing us. Uh, you know, I want to be able to liaise with those 
those organizations or those sectors. So, you know, I'm interested in how we can work with public health. I'm interested in how we can work with technology, um, how we can work with local government, things like that, to, uh, to, to work to improve the lives of sex workers whilst we are under this model and whilst we're fighting for decrim uh, and to hold us up during that fight. I just wanted to thank you for coming today. It's been really great to talk to you and thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge and amazing opinions and life experience. Thank you for having me and thanks for giving a platform to have uh, a sex worker get heard. That was Oni Blue chatting to Gala Vanting. Such an important conversation. And I'm so thankful to Oni and Gala for giving up their time to make that conversation happen. Uh, the tracks that you heard in the middle there were Genesis by Baby Mother and Baby by Barbara Stills. And also a, a remix that Oni did themselves that was playing in the background of that amazing interview. Uh, I particularly loved when Gala was talking about how important it is to support sex workers in terms of feminist activism because it's something that I like personally really struggle to articulate well. Um, and Gala said it so beautifully when she said, the really basic tenet of feminism, which is the presumption that women are people who have autonomy over their bodies and minds and can choose to do what they want to do. That's a primary principle of sex work as well. The presumption that anybody who chooses to do sex work can make that choice without someone else's judgment that they're just suffering under the patriarchy. I just, yeah, I thought that was a really um, apt way of uh, discussing consensual sex work. In Absolutely. That, in that context, yeah. Definitely. If you missed any of that excellent interview, you can listen back online via the FBI Radio website. Just head to fbiradio.com, click on programs and click on agenda. Right now it is time for Thoughts That Count. And today we're going to be hearing from Kathy Craigie and Mia Wright about Burramata Nidoc uh, happening at Parramatta Park tomorrow. Kathy Craigie is a Gamilaroi and Anaiwan woman from northern New South Wales. She grew up in a large extended family from Moree and uh, across the northern tablelands and has worked in Aboriginal affairs for over 30 years. She's passionate about Aboriginal capacity and community development utilising the arts, particularly literature. Yeah, Mia Wright, also uh, who you spoke to too, has been working in the arts for the last 12 years. Uh, she used to host a hip-hop show on Sundays for Koori Radio and she's also worked with Gadigal Information Service on projects like Young, Black and Deadly and Club Koori. Uh, she's also produced six Yabin festivals, which is huge. Um, so Tanya, you chatted to Kathy and Mia about Burramata NADOC and what NADOC means to them. Uh, but first, let's hear from writer, artist and Indigenous consultant Kat Clark. Just a thought, just a thought, just a thought, just a thought. That's my opinion! Thoughts that it's count. Okay, Agenda okay, on FBI okay, Radio. What okay. do you ask me? Hi, my name's Kat Clark and I'm a proud Wachabalik woman from the Wimra. NADOC to me is about remembering those who came before us. The ancestors and trailblazers who fought and even lost their lives to even exist and celebrate what NADOC is today. This year in particular though, with the theme Because of Her We Can, NADOC is a reflection on the phenomenal women who are our life source, our decision makers, our caretakers and warriors. I'm fortunate to come from a strong line of women to look up to and continue to learn from. And I think that's what's really great about NADOC and why it's so important this year. I don't think a week is enough to celebrate the impact black women have on our communities and daily lives, but it is a testament and acknowledgement that is rightly deserved and warmly welcomed with open arms. So I do hope that this year we are celebrating what is truly our women in their own right no matter what journey they've come from, it's about acknowledging who they are and being respectful of that and mindful too of how far we have come as black women and how far we continue to go and move mountains. 
That was Kat Clark, a proud Wajak Bullock artist, writer and consultant who will be publishing her first poetry book in the coming year. For Thoughts That Count today, we're talking about NAIDOC Week and what it means, particularly in regards to this year's theme, Because of Her, We Can. Let's take a listen to Cathy Craigie, who is a writer and Aboriginal affairs expert. Uh, she'll be speaking at Barramatta NAIDOC on Sunday, 15th of July, which is tomorrow. Uh, the event runs from 12pm to 6.30pm and it's at uh, Parramatta Park. This is Cathy now. I'm sort of in the, what they call a women's circle or a women's tent and there'll be discussions around issues, women's issues. So I think it's an opportunity for women to come together firstly. But also there'll be things like I think they're having massages and, you know, a bit of care and pampering for women. Hopefully that's the sort of thing that women will be able to share and, you know, have a bit of fun and also get looked after a little bit. Um, But for me, I'll be doing a keynote out there to the women's group and that's also a panel of Durag women or women that live in the... um, Western suburbs will be talking about their lives. One of the things I wanted to impress is that Western Sydney has had, you know, amazing women come from out of that area and even going back into history with Maria Locke, the first Aboriginal woman to marry a non-Aboriginal man that was registered in um, Sydney, but she went to the Native Institute. She wrote a letter to uh, Governor Macquarie at the time demanding, asking for her land back, her father's land, and it was the first sort of real indication of Aboriginal people wanting to fight for land rights on paper. So for me, she's a, a woman from out west, Paddy Garang, who basically taught William Dawes, the first surveyor off the first fleet, um, a lot of Aboriginal language, but also changed his uh, way of thinking. He wouldn't participate in um, the massacres, and they moved him back out of Australia. But one of the amazing things that came out of that, he moved to Sierra Leone and was behind the emancipation of slavery. So, you know, there are women that come from out in that West area that, through history, that have done amazing things. So that's one of the things that I think I want to impact on people is that we've always had these strong women in the community. For a lot of Aboriginal women, we've always been, you know, seen as the backbone of the community. Aboriginal um, nations on the East Coast and particularly in New South Wales follow a matriarchal line and we forget that. You know, I think when you look at the work of anthropologists and that over the years, it's always been very male-centred and that's probably because they were male. You know, when you're growing up, you've got your grandmothers, your aunties, you know, other people in the community are all your role models. And for me, that's just a follow-on from what Aboriginal women were, you know, their roles were traditionally. We're the nurturers, we're the educators. But in terms of today, I think it's the same thing. My family, my mum, my grandmothers, my aunties. I was lucky to come to Redfern when I was young and worked a lot here. So people like Naomi Mayers, the Ingram sisters, some of the older women have now passed on, were quite instrumental in you know supporting me. So a lot of women do incredible things in our community and without them, I think our communities would probably fall apart. NAIDOC's been a long-standing thing, um, generations. My mum was involved in NAIDOC events when she was, you know, active. My daughter, my nieces and nephews and that, we all attend. Just myself, I've done some school things last week with local schools. Last night I was a moderator for um, Stephen Page and Bruce Pascoe at Bangara. I guess NAIDOC week is a time for people to reflect on, you know, the First Nations of this country, but it's also an opportunity for our own people to come together. We celebrate our survival. 
and it's also an opportunity for non-Aboriginal people to come along and share in Aboriginal celebrations. Art, politics and news from a feminist perspective. You're listening to Agenda. Madoc Week to me is, you know, a, a come together for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people to, you know, come together, whether they're celebrating, whether they're, you know, having a meal, whether they're going to an event. It's basically a time for us to be leaders in our community and, and feel proud, um, you know, acknowledge one another for, for all the great things that we've done throughout the year. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, we sometimes feel like we're fighting a lot of battles and, and, and things don't get promoted, you know, in, in ways that we'd like them to be promoted. So this is an opportunity for us to promote and come together and create some fantastic awareness and, and events that can um, all come back to us and that we can enjoy with one another. Women play a very strong part in my family, you know, the matriarchs kind of of our family. So I've come from a very strong line of, of strong aunties and, and strong women. My mother in particular um, is probably my um, biggest inspiration. She introduced me to the arts and uh, got me into um, the area of work that I'm in now. So I definitely would put my mother on the line and, um, you know, another person would probably be someone like Rhoda Roberts, who's a very big inspiration for me and the work that I do. Um, with cultural programming and events. I've been very lucky to work and curate and manage some pretty successful Aboriginal events over the years and Barramatta, Western Sydney, has always held a, a very special place in my heart. I got to work with the Blackdown Mount Druitt community about five years ago so that was kind of my first introduction and since then I've just really been in love um, with the Western Sydney community. There's always something quite special out here and Baramata, I've been kind of longing to get out here and work with this community. Uh, it's quite old as well, a lot of the, the history and a lot of the stories in, in the city of Parramatta. So, you know, anything that I can do through my line of work to keep the culture and, and keep the promotion of the history of this area, Western Sydney in particular, then that's what I'm, I'm going to be really proud of. Baramata, um, the Darik. Uh, you know, very, very long and old customs. So anything we can do to modernise and bring that to life, that's what we'll be doing at this year's Barramatta. Oh, there's just so much happening and, uh, you know, just going back to the theme of NAIDOC this year, because of her we can, we are leading this whole event in a woman's way. So we, we have women, you know, leading, whether it's the MC, whether it's being the managers of, of their areas, whether they're creating workshops, they are taking the lead this year, centre stage. So, you know, we've got people like Casey Donovan, EVJ Willie, Bowen Arrow and Rebecca Hatch that will be gracing us on the main stage um, and handling all of that. And then one of our new things that we have this year is when we'll be introducing a part of the festival called Dianura, which means Women's Place in Durick. And that will be basically an area just focused on women of all walks of life. They're invited to come and um, participate in workshops, participate in, in discussions. You know, there's a yarning circle. There's just a whole bunch of fantastic women's programs, led women's programs on the day. So I'm excited to see all of that come to life. Mia Wright just there on what NAIDOC Week means to her. Mia is the curator for Barramatta NAIDOC Day for the City of Parramatta, which is happening on Sunday, the 15th of July, this Sunday, kicking off at 12pm at Parramatta Park. If you caught Kathy Craigie just before, she'll also be speaking at the Dianura 
Women's Place at Barramatta. Head to the Agenda Program page at fbiradio.com forward slash programs for more details on that. Up next, we're chatting to Georgia Mokak about her work in arts education and outreach. Uh, also Club Curry, which is happening tonight at Carriageworks, uh, which is, I believe, sold out, but I think you can live stream it via Curry Radio, which is very exciting. Uh, this is the Jesswa and Miss Blanks edit of Akenyo's track, Woman's World. You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. <laughs> We stronger with numbers. I heard you before. Wanted more shout out to all your daughters. I see your stress from the usual lessons of life. Trying to sit back and listen to a handy advice. Don't take your shit from a boy that should be in your shadow. You reign supreme, live your dreams, and we gotta recover from the pain caused birth in these boys. Say mama, not here for this patriarchal drama. G to the I to the RLS. I see some of y'all hella stress, hella stress. G to the I to the RLS. I see some of y'all hella stress, hella stress from the north. I'm a very busy woman with a lot of my plate. I'm a very busy woman with a lot of my plate. I'm a very busy woman with a lot of my plate. So you better eat it up before I take it away. BLB, cause POC, we fighting back on policy. And you can call me feminazi, go ahead and call me nasty. Hey, your bubble burst, fighting like a girl. Roll drama, roll up the power of the female force. When I sat up on the same throne, it's she gone. We lost when this on us. I came like Farrakhan. Dip this female pheromone, it makes the pharaohs moan. Cleopatra toes like her legs are powerful The Sphinx's nose is falling Clink your glasses, melt the ice like ice Raise your glasses, melt the thighs like ice Clink your glasses, our flashes You won't ready for it to feel this nice You won't ready for it to feel this nice Woo! Clink your glasses, melt the ice like ice Raise your glasses, melt the thighs like ice Clink your glasses, our flashes You won't ready for it to feel this nice You won't ready for it to feel this nice uh. I'm a very busy woman with a lot of my plate I'm a very busy woman with a lot of my plate I'm a very busy woman with a lot of my plate So you better eat it up before I take it away Y'all can't tell me shit I know who I am, know what I'm gonna get Vicious on the stage, delicious and I'm thick Just remember who birthed you, bitch I be rocking microphones, ladies on my chubby bones Sudden they ain't seen before they live with my music on Tell the boys to watch the throne, I'm coming be my locker phone Martinis while I work hey, on your gravestone I'm a very busy woman with a lot of my plate I'm a very busy woman with a lot of my plate I'm a very busy woman with a lot of my plate So you better eat it up before I take it away I'm a very busy woman with a lot of my plate. I'm a very busy woman with a lot of my plate. I'm a very busy woman with a lot of my plate. So you better eat it up before I take it away. It's a woman's world. It's a woman's world. It's a woman's world.
You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio, and we're joined now by Georgia Mokak, who is a proud Jugan woman who grew up on Ngunnawal and Ngambri country and is now living on Gadigal country. Georgia works across arts education and outreach at Performance Space and at Solid Ground at Carriageworks and is passionate about creating culturally safe spaces for sharing stories and facilitating conversations. Georgia, thanks so much for coming in to chat to us today. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, you are a very busy woman with a lot hey. on your plate. Um, <laughs> You're the program assistant at Performance Space, the outreach officer at Solid Ground, and you're a writer who is now being quoted in uni students' essays. Uh, congratulations on that. Um, you definitely hit the ground running on your recent move um, to Sydney. Is your work in the arts at the moment focusing on education and outreach? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a wild year. And um, yeah, I've met so many incredible people from the local community in Redfern and also just the wider sort of arts community. Um in both the First Nations and non-First Nations context. Um, yeah, my work is very outreach and education-focused at the moment. Um, I think at the core of all of my work, whether it's sort of curatorial or um, educational outreach-focused, it's always coming back to sort of supporting emerging First Nations artists and um, sort of finding ways to challenge uh, sort of existing ideas of definitions around Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander art and what it means to be an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander artist. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about um, what Solid Ground is oh, yeah. and what your <laughs> role entails? Yeah. Um, so Solid Ground is an uh, initiative in partnership with um, Carriageworks and Blacktown Arts Centre um, and it sort of creates pathways for young First Nations people into the arts in New South Wales. Um, so we run a few programs. We've got the in-school program where an artist in residence goes out to schools um, around the Redfern area and also out west um, in Blacktown. Uh, and they go in once a week and sort of work with the kids. Um, but I'm looking after, as the outreach project officer, I manage the tertiary pathways programs with the National Arts School, which kicks off next week. Um, AFTAs and NASDA and I also look after the paid internship program um, who we've got one of which working on Club Curry tonight. Yeah, we heard from <laughs> Emily Ann Baden on yeah. Mornings, I think, a few days back on FBI, which yeah. was great. Yeah, so, yeah, they'll be at work now. So And it's sold out, Club it's Curry. Out. Yeah, it's I saw this out. morning it's yeah, sold out, so but I think exciting. that you can live stream it via Curry Radio, <laughs> which is, you know, maybe the next best thing. Um, yeah. What is So what's happening at Carriageworks um, as part of Club Curry? Um, yeah, so Club Curry is co-presented by Curry Radio and Carriageworks. And yeah, we've got a bunch of super exciting acts tonight. So we've got Electric Fields headlining and Kate. Um, we've also got Dwayne Broom, Kakira Brennan and Chloe Grant King from um, Young, Black and Deadly. Um, yeah, and yeah. And you've had, and Emily and Baden have been working on that via yeah, the Solid so Ground hard. program. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Baden's our Solid Ground intern for the project and Emily, who's the producer, was actually a Solid Ground intern at last year's Club Curry. So, Aww. yeah. That's such a great progression of yeah, roles. she's great. Yeah. She's producing, yeah. She's amazing. Club Curry. She's yeah. a boss, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, another very busy woman. Oh, <laughs> <so> much, um, <laughs> yeah. um, and an artist as well. Yeah, <laughs> well, she did the um, the visual component of Blacky Blacky Brown, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 oh, wow. yeah. So all yeah. of those like drawings that were Concept animated, artist. so yeah, amazing incredible. concept artists. There yeah, we go. yeah, which is about to go on tour to Melbourne. Really? Yeah. 
sick. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Seen it? <laughs> yes. That one from Melbourne's listening. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> you can listen via the internet. <laughs> Georgia, it is NADOC week at the moment, mm. of course. Um, and we've been talking a little bit about what NADOC week means to you. Yeah. Um, what does Nadoc week mean to you? <laughs> um, yeah, I think ever since I was a young kid, my family's always celebrated Nadoc week and sort of, um, yeah, a chance to catch up with community is always amazing. Um, I think this year in particular, it's obviously about recognising all of the amazing achievements of our First Nations women who continue to contribute to the like, ever-evolving um, history of this country. Um but also, as much as it's an incredible celebration um, of our mob, I think it's also super important to um, take this time as an opportunity to think about what it might mean for a black woman to uh, live on her own country in a white man's world. Um, and also just to be aware of the matters that a lot of people are reluctant to discuss. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like... It, there are there are so many things that have been happening and so many conversations around Sydney at the moment for mm. NADOC week. And mm. I guess I'm wondering uh, what people can be more conscious of in terms of mm. more constant representation rather yeah. than kind of, yeah, having these conversations maybe more so in this two-week period. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I think for a lot of our mob, it can also be a super exhausting week. Like all of us sort of... Um, work so hard to put on incredible programs um, over the course of a couple of weeks and things, you know, months leading up to it. Um, and quite often, you know, you get to participate in a couple of them, but really you don't really get a time to celebrate until quite, like, late in the, in the week. Um, I don't know, you just have to look at Sydney Harbour Bridge and notice that the flag's only going to be... And one flag is only going to be flying for a week. Um, one week only, guys, so <laughs> see you next year. And where's the Torres Strait Islander flag? I don't know, nowhere. Um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's definitely not long enough a week to to celebrate all of the incredible things that we do throughout the year. Like... Um, I think, yeah, we just have to acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and have a think about the history of where NADOC started and how far it is now from its original intentions. Um, yeah, it started as a day on the Sunday before Invasion or Survival Day or whatever you want to call it, um, and the government started getting involved and... Uh, when that happened, they decided to turn it into a celebration of all of the amazing things, which is great, but it's sort of steered away from its original intention as a protest in January to this event six months later. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's saying a lot about this country and what they're happy to promote and what they want to keep under wraps. Yeah. Yeah, basically entirely removing it from its original yeah, context. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Let's celebrate six months later. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, Invasion Day, what? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No. <laughs> no, I think it's, it's such an important conversation to have. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, you are tuned in to Agenda on FBI Radio, and right now we are speaking to Georgia Mokak. 
Um, Georgia, one of our favourite things to do on Agenda is to talk about people who have been important for us in mentorship capacities. And I'm wondering who your mentors are or um, who the important people have been in your career or even your life. Yeah. Um, Yeah, as you know, I'm pretty new to Sydney and I think only one of my mentors is actually in Sydney and I don't know if she's listening right now. but my nana will be listening. Um, she's always looking over me, so got to give a shout out to um, yeah, my nana Esme. Um, yeah, um, my beautiful baby sister Maya, <laughs> um, who is probably completely unaware of how much I learned from her, and um, Emily McDaniel, <laughs> who's uh, in Sydney <laughs> and has always been a mentor for me in the arts. Um, and um, let's go back to Solar Ground. Shana Power, who is our incredible 16-year-old who killed it, I won't swear, <laughs> killed We've it done a at the swearing. NADOC event at Evans High School last year. So brave and sang with so much truth and strength. Um, yeah, love your song and keep writing, sis. Yeah. <laughs> um, Georgia, you've requested Party by Christina yes. New <laughs> for us to play today. Can you tell us a little bit about why you've chosen this track? Yeah. Um, I was an incredibly shy kid um, for a long time. And that song we used to play at home with the family, cooking in the kitchen. We'd all just get down and have a boogie and shake a leg. It's such a great time. And if you don't know the song, you're going to be listening to it on repeat for weeks after this. Um <laughs> In our dress-up basket, there was also an incredible pair of suede red heels that I would put on and make me feel like a boss instantly. So, yeah, they don't fit me anymore. (laughs) But Georgia, thank you so much for talking to us on Agenda today. Um, We're going to leave you with Party by Christina Anu. Hopefully you have it on repeat for (laughs) quite some time after. Uh, Stick around for Weekend Lunch with Ted Dwyer up next. (laughs) 